Hi, good evening. I've been reminded that this is our Bar Mitzvah Shir. 13 years that this Shir is going on in Yerushalayim. And of course I'm happy about that. Uh, the parasha this week is Bamidbar. And it's the parasha that might not have happened. After all, if you remember from a year ago or from several years ago, you remember what the parasha of Bamidbar contains. We know that the first parasha of Bamidbar Naso Baalotcha, those are kind of adjuncts to Sefer Vayikra. There's material, various material about the Jews in the desert and uh, some material about uh, about the Beit HaMikdash, the Mishkan, the Tabernacle, um, all of that, but Parsha Shlach, and they're on their way. They're on their way to Eretz Canaan. They're on their way to Eretz Yisrael, right? The first Aliyah. They're on their way to Eretz Yisrael, and uh, something happens. The Parsha of Shlach, the Parsha of Shlach, uh, the Miraglim, the spies, the denial of Eretz Yisrael, the change of heart of B'nai Yisrael. I mean, something happened. And as a result, uh, the plan changed. The plan was established in the parasha of Bechukotai, the last parasha in the book of Ayikra. HaKadosh Baruch said to B'nai Yisrael, look, you're going into Eretz Yisrael, let's create an agreement Agreements are important. They're not the only thing. There have been many agreements between the day Israel and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But hey, let's have one final agreement on the eve of our entry into Eretz Israel, And that's the parasha of Bechukotai. The last parasha of the book of Vayikra. Bamidbar, Nasoba, Mapping up a little. Things are cleaned up. A few things left out. You think that you should know about the Mishkan, about the Neirot, about Aaron Cohen, and all of that is is like extra, subjunctive, subjunctive to the Book of Ayikra. And even though the book, the new book, starts with Bamidbar, I could understand if somebody would come and tell me, well, it shouldn't start from Bamidbar; it should start. That Bamidbar that's still part of Vayikra. It's still part of the Mishkan, the Kohanim, the Korbanot. I mean, they're all, it's all there. What happened in the parish of Shlach? What happened in the parish of Shlach? Parish of Shlach? The Muraglim, the spies, canceled the trip. There's no longer a trip to Eretz Canaan. There's no longer a redemption of the land. There is no longer the fulfillment of the promise to Avram Avinu that they would get the land. land is, all of that kind of is disappearing right before our eyes in the book of Ayikra. After, in the book of Bamidbar, in the book of Bamidbar, things are just kind of slipping away. So after the parasha of the Miraglim of the spies, Shlach, everything changes. 
suddenly B'nai Yisrael is not going anywhere. They don't have an end point. They're just traveling around in circles in the desert. And that's their punishment, as we know. 38 years of wandering. You know, wandering, it's a terrible word. It's, but it means no purpose, no goal. We're not going anywhere. We're just going to come back to the same place that we started. That was the lot of B'nai Yisrael. And if not for the Miraglim, if not for the fact that the Miraglim did what they did and said what they said and impressed the people the way they impressed the people, if not for all of that, it would never have happened. The book of Bamidbar would never have happened. So the book of Bamidbar starts off in our minds we think about it as being a little bit odd. Not that there aren't important things, chas v'shalom, in the book of Bamidbar. There are. The stories of Korach and Pinchas and Bolok and Bilam, and these are important stories. They teach us a lot about human nature and human action. But they might not have happened. That seems strange to us when we think about the Torah. The book of Reshit is certainly God's will imposed upon a text. The book of Shemot is the book of Geula, according to the Ramban, redemption. That's the book of Shemot. And the book of Ayikra is the creation of a place for God in this world. Certainly, the greatest achievement of Am Yisrael leaving Mitzrayim on their way to Eretz Canaan. And all of a sudden, it comes to an end. All of a sudden, it comes to an end, and there is no purpose any longer. There is no future any longer. The agreement in Bechukotai seems to have been absolved, because we could have another agreement in 38 years where the Jews go into Eretz Canaan. So there's something about the book of Bamidbar as a book, take it as a book. I'm not reading a pursuit, but I'm thinking about the book of Bamidbar. There's something about the book of Bamidbar, which is different. Sets me to wonder, what is it exactly that Bamidbar is about? I agreed, I, I, I agree that, that everything in Bamidbar is if one of the books of the Torah is full of lessons and indicators about how things should be and how they might be, but still, there's something about the book of Bamidbar which is different. In order to kind of reach out and try to grab onto an interpretation which helps me to understand the book of Bamidbar as a book of the Torah. I mean, that's really the issue here. It's really the issue. Is it a book that might not have happened? Is it a book that only happens de facto as part of the Torah? Or are there elements in the book that seem to me to be uh, germane to the essential Torah? I don't know what that is. Make no mistake. I'm not arguing that I have that kind of capacity or ability. All I'm saying, all I'm saying is, how, how does it fit in? How do we get five books of the Torah? 
I mean, but Midbar Mele, the fifth book of the Torah is the book of Moshe Rabbeinu. Okay. Moshe Rabbeinu spoke the words, HaKadosh Baruch Hu validated them. And that's why we could call the book of Dvarim Torah bin Hashemayim. The book of Midbar is certainly Torah bin Hashemayim in the sense that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gave the book to B'nai Yisrael. But why? Why was this book included? You know, Chazal, there were doubts about Bilam, the, the, the prophecies of Bilam, why should they be included? Bilam, Torah, Moshe Rabbeinu, it seems so odd. And so all of that is the book of Bamidbar. So what I want to do, with your kind permission, is to learn with you the introduction that the Nitziv wrote to the book of Bamidbar. Nitziv, Naftali Tzvi Yudah Berlin, Rosh Yeshiva Volozhin, until it was closed. Until the Yeshiva was closed. In the Yeshiva he gave a Chumash Shir daily. Every day, which uh, eventually was collected and, pr- and produced as Perush HaNetziv Al HaTorah. And so, in that Perush, he wrote introductions to each of the books of the Torah and the manner of the Ramban. Ramban also wrote introductions to the, but this, uh, these introductions are special, so let's look at them. Let's look at the, at the uh, introduction and try to understand. Zah Sefer, the Radnitziv says, Zah Sefer, Mikra B'fiya Mishnah, Yoma Perek Zayin, Ra'od, several places, Rabbi Hanina ben Gamliel, Chumash HaPikudim. It's called Chumash Pikudim. Pikudim means counting. Right? V'ken kata bal halachot kidolot, and another source, a gaomic source. V'nirsham v'dat rabotenu inyan shnei ha-pikudim shebazeh ha-sefer. Yoter misharei divarim shem yuchadim bazeh ha-sefer. So he goes, he makes a comment, asks a question, and he says as follows. In the various sources of Chazal, the book of the book of uh, Bamidvar is called Sefer Apikudi, the book of the counting. And the reason for that is that B'nai Yisrael, the single book of the of the Torah, B'nai Yisrael is counted twice. Once in the beginning, in the book of Bamidvar, in the parasha of Bamidvar, and the second in the parasha of Pinchas, counted again. And because it's counted it twice, that's pretty remarkable. And after all, we don't know why Hashem would command Moshe Rabbeinu to, to count the people. I mean, uh, I would think that God could count the people alone without the help of Moshe Rabbeinu. And yet, that's what it says. Chazal looked at this and they said, well, this is an important thing. Isn't that simple? There must be some reason that Chazal uh, that uh, the Torah counts the people of Israel twice in the same in the same book. He says, "Nisham bedad rabotenu inyan shnei apkudim shebazeh hasefer yoter misharei dvarim shem yuchadim bazeh." So he asks that question. 
He says, okay, I understand that counting the people twice is a little strange. But do you mean that that's so important? There's no legacy? We're not taking that with us? We don't become, uh, uh, we don't become uh, people of counting? We don't go out counting each other or counting ourselves or counting our, com- our family or community? So what, what was, the, what was the, uh, the issue or the deal that, the day that Chazal saw says, how could you say that the more important than than the story of Bilam or the story of the Miraglim is the counting? I mean counting is a functional thing, it's just you do it. Right? Mishum Hashem Olam says the essence of this book, if you look carefully at the book of Bamidbar, it tells another story that you see. It tells the story of the makeover, the Ne Israel of the desert and the Ne Israel entering the land of Canaan. In other words, it wasn't obvious that the people who left Mitzrayim were not able to do very much for themselves. The people who wandered around having done, committed the grievous sins that they had committed, it wasn't obvious that those people would be able to go into Eretz Yisrael even after, even after they had been punished. It wasn't obvious at all. Uh, so, I'm in the fifth line. So he makes it, he says, well, you know, the people in the desert, they lived me'alateva. They lived me'alateva. They were above the natural law. What do you mean? Why were they above the natural law? Or they, they ate man. There's nothing natural about that. And they drank from Miriam's well. There's nothing uh, natural about that. When necessary, they ate slav. They ate these pigeons or whatever they were, which gave them, gave them meat. They were way above nature. Over Eretz Yisrael, but in Eretz Yisrael, they they acted and lived with nature. And, and hidden from them was the watchfulness of the kingdom of heaven, of heaven. We've already explained that this change, the change from B'nai Yisrael as a miraculous agency in the world to B'nai Yisrael who would conquer the land and build a new society, is that changeover took place, or makeover, that makeover took place sometimes in the in this desert, 
until the end, until Moshe Rabbeinu started speaking to them. This change started when they were still in the desert. It didn't happen on the last day, the day where they would, at the end of the day, they'd go into Eretz Kanaan. No, it happened during the 40 years that they spent in the desert, etc. Alpize, the third word on the eighth line. Alpize, hashinui nase, azeh hashinui nasu milchamot Yisrael im aknani im sichon b'derech ateva. That after all, the Jews in the desert fought certain battles, battles with sichon and og and. and uh, and it never were not was not mentioned that there was a miraculous aspect to it. God was watchful, but that doesn't mean that it was done outside of the realm of nature. And we know that in the desert, Moshe didn't hold on to the staff with which he created the miracles in Mitzrayim. But he only used it from time to time. As we have explained in our commentary, this changeover, this makeover, which is one of the subtexts of this book. It's one of the stories in the book of Bamidbar which is being told. quotes a medrash in Bereshit Rabbah Parashat Gimel, a famous medrash by Yibadel, God differentiated between the light and the darkness, right at the beginning of of the story of, of creation. That's what it says in the Medrash. The Chachamim looked at, looked at uh, and they said to themselves, what's left? Where is they had that that's how they understood phenomenon in the Torah, that it would recur in some way or manner, that it would become part of what is real. That's what it says in the Medrash. That the book of Bamidbar is what celebrates those who left Eretz Mitzrayim and those who came to, uh, those who came <coughs> to Eretz Kanaan. Uh, the last four lines of the first paragraph, Ba'alichot Yosei Mitzrayim ha'ya'or ashgechat Hashem mofiyah le'en kozeh. But when they left Mitzrayim, it was clear that they were being protected and taken out by HaKadosh Baruch Hu Shehuf Hivod Hashem that's different 
when they came to Eretz Yisrael, they didn't have that kind of support where they could do nothing and everything would work out for them. The, the, the watchfulness was covered. Only people who were able to look carefully at what was really going on were able to see divine watchfulness when they came to Eretz Canaan. That was not the case when they left Mitzrayim. There, anybody could see it. Everybody knew that this was orchestrated and and uh, completed by a Kaddish Moshe Katavti Bifnim Ekan Nikra Bet Mishum Hachi Rishukze Ha'inyan Ma'od Rishukze Ha'inyan Ma'od Atzirahu Chazal Likro Sham La Sefer Chumash Apkidim. So he he gives me a, a way, uh, something to hold on to. He says, "I want you to, I want you to to see this underlying theme, and then you could apply it to everything in the Book of Bamidbar." And the underlying theme was that the people, that the people who left Mitzrayim, were people who are not really capable of coming to Eretz Israel and conquering it and taking it over. And they had to change from a passive kind of mode that they were in, expecting HaKadosh Baruch to give them whatever they needed, to wit the arguments of Moshe Rabbeinu about water, about meat. And they, they, they didn't uh, think for a moment that they would do it on their own, that they would go someplace to find it. They were living in a world of miraculous events. And not only that, they also had, were argumentative about, about uh, these events. They said that it wasn't, it, it, why didn't God give us what we wanted? They didn't say, let's go and find what we want. Why didn't God give us what we wanted? So there's a theme here. The book of Bamidbar, and that explains to us something perhaps about, about the, uh, the Miraglin, about the story of the spies. You say, you know, maybe it shouldn't have happened. The way we started out, we were talking about it. He said, but maybe it shouldn't have happened. Uh, you know, the Jews had not, had not said the Miraglin, if the Miraglin had not argued against going to Eretz Israel. So the, they would have gone straight away to Eretz Israel. But now I understand, perhaps, according to the words of the Nisi, that they couldn't go to Eretz Israel. It was like a, it was like a foreign idea to them. HaKadosh Baruch said to B'nai Israel, listen, B'chukotai, we made an agreement, now go to Eretz Israel and conquer it. And they said, we, we're going to conquer, we're going to take over, we're going to do so. We, we, we're the people of the miracles. All we want all we want is that, that, that God just should give us what we need. We'll be happy. Why do we have to go and fight? And why do we have to go and do it? Why do we have to make it, uh, uh, make it a reality after the promise from heaven? So that's what they would have said. And so you needed the Miraglin. I mean, not that specific event. In those. You understand that in Hashkocha, they're like the, 
the big picture is what is what we relate to. Within that big picture, there are all kinds of details that are uh, imposed upon the situation by the people. So the people impose their will on the situation by denying Eretz Kinan or Eretz Israel by denying the place as being the promised land and, and determining that in some way they were in the promised land. Because even though they were living in a desert, and even though the desert is not populated, and even though you can't expect anything to grow in the desert, it didn't matter. Because if you're living on the mountain and you have the well of Miriam and, and, and uh, etc., so what difference does it make if you could grow anything? What possible connection could they have to the mitzvot of the Torah that demand Shumot and Masrot and and the others. So the book, this idea that the that the Nisiv has presented us with, and of course it's an it's an idea, helps to understand the book. What does the book say? The book says conceptually, they couldn't go to Eretz Israel. They weren't ready to go to Eretz Israel. They may have just under, they saw in themselves. They understood that the Miraglin would take care of the problem. The Miraglin would take care of the problem. I know they, 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 afterwards they wanted to go on their own. So I'm saying people are complex. They're not simple. And the complexity of the people is what shows up in the text and the way the story is recorded. But somehow I get the feeling from the words of the Mitzvah that the book of the Bible had to be, that book of the Torah had to be, now it might have had different events in it, but there had to be this makeover of B'nai Yisrael from the people who lived on the mountain, for the people who made their own way in the world. That's what had to happen. And that's what happened. That's what happened when the, uh, that's what had to happen uh, when the Jews came into confrontation with the Miraglim, with the spies. And so, and so the Messiah goes on to say, the Chazal were right. Their intuition was right. What's the name of the book? The name of the book of Bamidbar is Pikudim, the counting, because they counted twice. And why did they count them twice? Because there was a makeover. They weren't the same people. The people count, counted at the end of the Book of Amidbar were not the same people who were counted at the beginning of the, of the Book of Amidbar. And the Book of Amidbar emphasizes that idea, emphasizes it, because the future, the future cannot be uh, dealt with by the same people who lived in the past. Pekudim, counting. They had to be counted twice because they were different people. And Chazal taught us, Chazal taught us that the book, the real name, the good name, the name that tells me something about the book is Pekudim. That's the name of the book that we are starting today. I wish you all a good Shabbos. Be well.
stay away from this virus and be healthy.